The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to wealthwatchwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. If you're at a point where you just feel ridiculously out of control, and I don't mean like as you're driving down the road right now and it's icy because <laughs> we're in winter time and it's easy to be out of control on the road, especially with all the holiday shoppers. I mean, if you feel out of control as to your ability to control the outcome of your investments, control the outcome of being able to get to where your passive income exceeds monthly expenses, today's podcast guest, Dave Wolcott, is most likely going to be an inspiration to you as he talks about how he left Wall Street, the investment side, and moved through this active passive investing approach to becoming financially free. Yeah, and if you're that person that's been investing and you're looking to say, well, wait a minute, I've now built up some passive income. I've now kind of gotten used to this side of things. Is it time for me to leave my active job to be an active investor, Dave lays out what those steps look like for him. And it may be exactly what you need to go to that next level. Dave is very clear and precise in the way and the steps that he took. Um, he talks through the book that he wrote um, that laid this out. Um, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Joey, let's jump in right now with our guest, Dave Wolcott. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe, so excited to introduce you our new friend, Dave Wolcott. Dave, so glad to have you, my friend. Joey, grateful to be here to connect with you and your audience. Dave, I was listening to your story before we pressed record, and you had a very interesting way that you started to get into the entrepreneurial investing outside of the Wall Street space, uh, maybe a little bit different than the average person. You went to the hospital and you went from one kid to four kids overnight. Talk about how that changed your viewpoint on what you needed to be doing financially. Yeah, Russ, that was really a big turning moment for me. Uh, we had one 18-month-old running around, driving us crazy. We're trying to figure out parenthood at the time, trying to work on our careers and all of that. And then uh, we decided that we were going to have a second. And before we knew it, we went in for the first ultrasound and literally found out that we were having triplets. Um, you know, the chances are literally almost one in a million. 
And I'll tell you, I mean, it was pretty exciting, but it was also terrifying at the same time. And so the first thing I did, well, actually, you guys can appreciate I, I did have a few drinks that night. So the second thing that I did was to go see my financial planner. And he told me what every other planner said, right, which was, hey, you can max out your 401k. You're going to get a 7% return over the long haul. You know, don't worry about that. And we have these great things called 529 plans, you know, that you can invest in for the kids. And I was just really scratching my head at that point saying, you know, the top 1% are not building their wealth as retail investors in the stock market, you know? And the entrepreneur in me really wanted to solve the problem of how are the ultra wealthy getting wealthier? How are the rich getting richer? Because I knew it wasn't in this scenario. Man. Drive, you're you're in for a treat because I've been listening to Dave, and what I've learned is that he's went from the position that maybe you're in right now as a retail investor, where you're just working for someone, investing in, dare I say it, Joey Wall Street. Ouch! But don't say that out loud. But he's tra he transitioned to entrepreneur, transitioned to passive investor, active investor. And also now is in a position where he's acting as a general partner and, and raising funds and, and helping others on that journey. And our goal today, Dave, if, if possible, I know you wrote a book, The Holistic Wealth Strategy. I'd love to talk about some of the points within this, but I want to just dig out some of this just amazing 20, 25 years that you've had transitioning through those seasons. Because I think so many people listening to you right now are in one of those positions and the lessons, those nuggets that you've already experienced, maybe, just maybe, they could glean from that so that they don't have to experience the hardship. So talk about that first step as you were, like you said, now all of a sudden you, you have to make a change. You don't believe that the retail world is the way for you. Transitioning into an active investor to an entrepreneur, what were some of those first steps that you took? And also, maybe we, let's talk through some of the, the lessons that you learned along the way. Sure, Russ. So uh, really the light bulb moment for me was, you know, on October 24th, 2000 is when we actually had our triplets. So if you can think back to 2000, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad had literally just come out in, you know, 98, 99. Um, and when I read Cashflow Quadrant, that was really the light bulb moment for me to say, okay, if I'm going to play this game of capitalism, I need to be a business owner and an investor. I really didn't even know what an entrepreneur meant right back in 2000. What, what does that really even mean? Um, and those books, I think, were you know really illuminating for a lot of people, but they were very conceptual, right? It's like, okay, well, what, what's next? What's the playbook? How, how do I get there, right? And so I think these were my early days, my scratch of becoming an entrepreneur, trying to figure out that I love to solve problems. I love to help people. How can I put my strengths together you know, to be able to do that? And so most entrepreneurs start with a business from, right, which is taking relationships, taking experience and knowledge and bringing that into your current business. And then ideally, you kind of evolve and you build a business too, which is building a business to your vision of what you want to be, do, or have in life. And for me, you know, that latest instantiation of that was creating Pantheon, where I could take all of these learning lessons. And actually, my, my mission is 
my mission is not to build my wealth. My mission is to help another enough other people actually 10x their wealth and create unlimited freedom in their lives. And if I can help enough people do that, I'll build my wealth simultaneously. Uh, I think that's why you're on the show today, because we're we're so aligned in so many ways um, from the, the standpoint of seeing the flaws of Wall Street to then building out what we have seen success and then wanting to bring others along with us. So I was very grateful to have your perspective to share with people. So back us up again to those early moments uh, before you were even an, an entrepreneur, because I know that didn't come until around 2007. Is that right? Correct. So before that, you realized Wall Street's not the answer. What was the first thing you did to maybe start to break free of that, um, if that's even the right question to ask you? Yeah, that's actually a perfect question, Joey. And that is why I wrote the book called The Holistic Wealth Strategy. So it dovetails uh, really well into this, which is a five-phased approach uh, for building true legacy wealth. And phase one is all about you. It's about mindset. Because if your mindset is just a fixed mindset and you think that you're not smart enough to manage your own money and you're going to give it to Wall Street and make your 7% return and go towards this accumulation theory, you know, then you have a fixed mindset, right? But if you have a growth mindset and you think about abundance, right, there's really no stopping you of where you can get. And there were so many moments, you know, in time where I would say, well, I'm capital constrained, right? I need, I need capital to be able to invest. Well, if you have the right mindset, you might be able to come up with a brand new relationship, collaboration, business opportunity that doesn't require capital. Maybe it requires, you know, your skills or your experience or your relationships and things. So really having that mindset, I spent a lot of time reading and studying not only wealthy, you know, investors, uh, but also, you know, top mindset gurus on how I could start to create you know, much more ambitious goals, create habits to support those goals and really get rid of any limiting beliefs that I had. When you're moving from that potentially fixed mindset to a growth mindset early on, what were some of the biggest struggles you had that someone who may be in that position right now with a fixed mindset set would experience? You know, it's a great question, Russ. And, um, you know, you guys might be able to relate to this, right? But I can still remember, I'm 53, and I can still remember like it was yesterday, my mother saying things like, there's starving kids in Africa. So you're going to eat all your beets and turnips on your plate, right? Um, you know, things like that. Things like, turning out the lights, you know, in every room you go, even if you're in there for one second, not even opening the refrigerator door for more than four seconds to get what you need because, you know, we came from scarcity. I mean, I was very fortunate in my childhood and how I was raised, um, but these were some of the beliefs that I think my parents had that, frankly, they still have, um, and it was challenging to break free from things like that. Uh, but really putting yourself out there and listening to great podcasts like this, right? So you can start to change the way you think because there's a lot of neuroplasticity in your mind, right? So you can actually train and condition your subconscious to 
change the way you think about things. So the average human actually has 80,000 thoughts per day, okay? And 75% of those are negative thoughts because we were meant, we were put on this planet to actually sense danger. So we are always looking for danger. But if you can try to actually, you know, control that and change that narrative, you know, you can really move into this abundance mindset. And, you know, some quick tactics for the audience here might be things like developing a rock solid morning routine, right? So every morning, you know, I get up, I talk about with myself affirmations, um, I visualize uh, success for my day, I exercise, I meditate, I journal, and I do all of these kind of things to kind of release some of those negative thoughts that, you know, we all really have and then condition yourself for success. I have to get rid of those negative thoughts as I go around singing the Trace Acton song, every light in the house is on. I, don't, I think that I'm gonna always <laughs> want to turn off the lights. I think that's just a dad-ism within, within me. Uh, Stallion, you, you like those singing notes, didn't you? Oh man, karaoke is your uh, spiritual gift to the world. <laughs> so you, you, you're, you're, have this routine that's helping you think abundantly you're overcoming the fact that you have somewhat limited cash to an abundant amount of opportunities because that's a natural thing that we hear commonly like oh uh, i'll never have enough money for all the opportunities that i see now i'd be interested to hear if you would agree to this most of the, our guests as they've been doing this long enough say that's not the case now <laughs> i got way more money than there's really opportunities that i want to put the money into but what were some of those other lessons that you learned as you were moving from being a, a you know an employee right from that e quadrant trying to move over into the I quadrant early on. So uh, another perfect segue there, Russ. Um, I would tell you that I developed uh, really a net worth equation, which is that your net worth is equal to your financial IQ plus your mindset IQ plus your physical capital plus your relationship capital, okay? So this is really phase two of the holistic wealth strategy where you can start working on educating yourself about what other opportunities are out there. I can tell you in 2000, I had no idea what the heck an infinite banking policy meant, nor did anyone I knew uh, understand anything like that as an example, right? So I learned about that. I started learning about syndications. And keep in mind, this is back in 2000. Again, there were very limited resources. So I was networking, trying to break my way into private equity. It was really before even syndications were, were really getting popular and they were reserved really for you know the ultra high net worth. Um, but the more I learned by reading books, um, you know, networking uh, with different people, right, then I could increase my financial IQ and understand that there were different opportunities there. And now I needed to be resourceful. So how could I structure and do some financial engineering to actually put an opportunity in place? And lastly, I would not understate, you know, the importance of health in your overall strategy, right? Think about, you know, all the goals you could have in life, but if you didn't have your health, you'd only have one goal, right? Which would, which would be to be healthy, right? Someone like Steve Jobs, 
It was probably his only wish at some point. So actually focusing on your your goals today for health. My my goal is actually to live to 116 and I focus on that every day. So how am I going to get there? What things am I going to do? And then that way I show up better. I show up better for my family, uh, for my team members uh, and for my clients, right? So focusing on health and that's really key in terms of the physical capital. And then lastly, you know, that relationship capital is so important as well. And I know you guys uh, really understand that. You know, you've built a tremendous uh, community, a mastermind, things like that. We have a mastermind as well. And bringing in that community so you can create collaboration, accountability, uh, exchanging of ideas is just super powerful. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher's saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. You said 116 for a reason. And if everyone else is riding down the road wondering why you said that, like I am, we got to get the answer before Joey gives you some really good questions. So why 116? Well, it's kind of an interesting uh, exercise. And uh, I was actually kind of learned this through Dan Sullivan, uh, who runs Strategic Coach and is my mentor. But really, if you kind of think about it from a genetic standpoint and say, okay, how long would you live, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 89, 90, 91, maybe based on today's, you know, current state of what you know. And then you take a step back and you say, okay, well, at, at 90, let's just pick 90, at 90, how do you believe you're going to be in terms of your wealth, your health, your relationships, your family, right? And when I add all of those things up for me, that's another 26 years, right? Because I know that's why I'm focusing on my health today uh, so that I can be there. I want to be able to, you know, play soccer with my grandkids, right? Um, I want to be there. So I'm focusing on that today, right? I'm focusing on my wealth today, right? So all of these kind of things. And then also the advancements in technology uh, that are coming out, especially if you have the resources. I mean, if you're following any of, um, you know, what Peter Diamandis is doing in the longevity and health span uh, field, uh, Peter Atia. Uh, there's just some amazing resources that are really coming to bear around anti-aging. Super, super interesting. Uh, you're way smarter than me to come up with the formula that equaled 26 years. You know, I had you at, at 27, uh, but so I, I'm just going to go with your number instead of mine, but uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. I want to I want to go back to this this pivot point when you broke free of the Wall Street kind of mindset and and that led you into becoming an active investor. You start looking at deals. 
talk about that journey and maybe even share one huge win early on and one huge loss. Because I know from experience, investors don't have a linear, like always up and to the right experience when it comes to starting to to go outside of Wall Street or, or even inside of Wall Street for that matter, in terms of their investing. A lot of times there's some setbacks. What would you share in terms of a couple of takeaways from that? that time. Sure. So I'll start with my uh, biggest learning lesson, uh, right? Which is what entrepreneurs are always doing. It's all about an R&D process, really. Um, but our first business in the tech business, um, you know, we were having double, triple digit growth for the first six years. It was phenomenal. Um, you know, we're, we're accelerating. And I remember finishing, I think it was that sixth year. And we literally had just won the Inc. 5000 award for fastest growing. And then in a span of about 90 days, we lost like one of our top key employees, uh, something called government sequestration hit. We had some government clients that all of a sudden, all the spending froze and, you know, we, we had staff on board. So, you know, we quickly went negative, you know, upside down to, you know, a big seven figure amount and had to try to figure out how to reinvent ourselves and kind of come out of that, right? Which was a massive challenge. And my busy, biggest learning lesson, um, which which I, I know you two both will really appreciate, is that I did not have enough liquidity in my strategy. And as an entrepreneur, I felt I bet everything on my business. I put everything into it, right? And not having that liquidity put us in a major pinch, you know, at that point in time. But now having looked look back at it, had I had an infinite banking policy in place, I would have been able to say, hey, I can go whatever. I've got two to three years of runway where I don't need to be, need to take any money. I can actually give the business a loan you know, from my policy. Uh, so that was a really big eye-opening moment and why I, you know, one of the reasons I strongly believe uh, in that is a liquidity solution. Um, and then if you flip to you know, successes, I started investing in all kinds of alternative assets, okay? So I wasn't just a real estate syndicator, right? I, in fact, I remember driving around, we lived in Colorado at the time, we had four kids, triplets, <laughs> driving around trying to look at single family properties at night after my day job with my wife, you know, giving the kids lollipops to bribe them and everything. And we're going in, touring these properties, and then I would come home and then try to run the numbers and say, hey, are these the right rent projections? What about comps? You know, and going through all of this kind of stuff, right? So we're looking at single family rentals. Um, I invested in everything from retail, raw land, office buildings, multifamily, single family, oil and gas, um, all kinds of different alternative assets. And I really developed a very strong investment thesis, which, you know, literally 5X'd what I was getting with my 401k, which by the way, I completely exited that. I cashed in the entire thing uh, about 15 years ago uh, because I was having so much success, right? So, so I had then basically 20 years of experience investing as an LP and all these kind of different, you know, um, asset classes. And after I sold my tech business, um, I wanted to really just create an opportunity to help other people understand and educate people about these alternative asset classes 
understand investor psychology and how you can win uh, at this game of wealth building. Well, and I think kudos to you. I think so many times we make the mistake as entrepreneurs to not recognize the difference between active involvement and return from our business and passive investing and return on those passive investments, right? Well, you, you talked about your your tech company and how you guys were having double, even triple digit returns early on. We know as an entrepreneurs, business owners, we run our businesses, we see the returns on investment. We know the greatest way to build wealth is by owning operating companies. And we get sometimes so uh, snobbish, if you will, on our specific active strategy that we forget that when we see an opportunity that's passive, that we can invest in as an LP and we see the return and we're like, oh, that's not that good. That's not, that's a fraction of what I'm used to getting in my own business, but there is a separation, right? And I pre appreciate you being able to kind of point out that you were able to do both. I do want to, as we maybe uh, go into this next segment to talk a little bit about moving into that general partner. You talked about that you were a limited partner investor, right? Pass, uh, passively investing in other people's deals for 20 years. Then you decide, okay, I want to start doing this for myself and others. What were some of those things going through your mind? What were some of the mistakes and lessons that you learned along that trail as well? Yeah, I know a lot of people really struggle with that question, Russ, right? Do I become active or am I passive? And I think they're kind of coming at it from the wrong place. They're coming at it from the standpoint of, hey, I really... I'm investing as an LP, it's going well, I like this investment, so I wanna make more money, let me be a GP, okay? That's not the right way to think about it. The right way to think about it is, you know, it, it really comes to your unique ability. So what are your instinctual skills that you have, your capabilities and your strengths, right, that you can actually take to the marketplace and create value for, if you want to move to becoming an entrepreneur. Now, the day you become an entrepreneur, you move from the time and effort economy to a performance-based economy where you have to create value to the world. So are you creating value as an entrepreneur by being a general partner in some type of syndication? Or maybe you can be by uh, whatever, setting up a franchise opportunity or some other type of business opportunity. But it's got to be something that is massively, you know, Peter Diamandis calls it your massive transformational purpose. Do you wake up every day and you're fascinated and motivated about something and you're solving a problem for other people, right? And I think people are looking about it a little bit the wrong way by saying, hey, well, I can just make more money as a GP. Okay, you're not going to be able to break down walls by by having that as your goal. Your goal needs to be your massive transformational purpose and what you can really achieve, how you can create value and really have more impact. And and I would say whether that does become, you know, being becoming a GP and a syndicator, okay, then that's great. But for a lot of other people, it could be, you know, a skill, right? You could be a physician, right? You could be a, a business or you could be a physician, right? Who's doing amazing things, let's say as a cardiologist, saving people's money and everything. You're still a W-2 employee, but maybe you should focus your time and skills there because you're great at it and then continue to 
move your money over to the side as an investor, right? And frankly, all ultra high net worth investors, the majority of them actually earn their money, yes, through an operating business or as an entrepreneur, but then they invest on the side into alternative assets like real estate and, and other assets. Talk about for a second, Dave, what that transition has been like for you from, let's say, I, I mean, I hear your transformational kind of goal or mission that you, you even led with that today, right? You want to 10x people's wealth and provide freedom for them through what you're doing. But talk about what it has uh, been like for you to, to essentially go into more of an active role by now, now, you know, creating those opportunities for people. That's, that's a lot of work that goes into investor relations and raising capital and putting deals together and all that sort of thing. What has that been like for you? Well, Joey, if you have a, a super strong mission, you'll never work a day in your life, right? And Tony Robbins talks about that all the time, right? He's literally on a mission. So I feel the same way, right? We talked about creating unlimited freedom in your life. And part of it, we and you know, let's break this down as well for your audience also around passive income, okay? We talk a lot about having your passive income exceed your expenses, okay? And that's like the ultimate goal. But, but in reality, we don't really want to be trapped by our goals, do we? What if your calendar was clear, you hit that point, then what, right? So you want to actually get to a point of having really strong purpose. So for me, I don't consider, I, I work my tail off, but it's not, you know, I don't see it as a grind. I see it as I love it and I'm responsible and I'm creating value and impact for other people. So therefore it doesn't seem like work to me. Impact is a great word. That's one of the stallions actually life's a word, if you will, that defines what he's about is impact. And as you're listening to this tribe, like you're hearing Dave share these transformations that he was making over a 20, 25 year period of time. Once you do reach the, reach the pinnacle, right? You get to the top, you reach the success point, you hit the goal, you become financially free, whatever that thing is for you, there's always got to be more. Like you have to find something else and more won't equal always money. It will be satisfaction and seeing other things happen. I think Maslow's hierarchy of needs would talk about it as self-actualization, right? When we get to that point where we can really start to give back. And, but also that's where we see um, massive transformation potentially in the legacies we start to produce. Because when we start thinking 10X, speaking of Dan Sullivan, right? We start thinking 10X and not 2X we're, we're able to make things happen at a speed and that most can't experience. Dave, I, I love this conversation. I, I want to point people toward, uh, the holistic wealth strategy, not only the book, but also I know that you run a podcast as well. If somebody wanted to connect with you, where would you tell them to go? Yeah, the best place if people would like to learn more, uh, we we're offering a free copy of the book called holisticwealthstrategy.com. Excellent. Awesome, Dave. Well, thank you so much for being willing to come on and share your journey as Russ kind of led off with is at various different points and everybody who's listening, they're at one point in that journey. And I'm just grateful that you could 
you could share those insights along the way that have made you successful. Tribe, if you picked up something very intriguing today, would you please share it with somebody else? Would you go and rate and review the podcast so that we can continue to outsmart this big tech algorithm and continue to share ways to break free from Wall Street? Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.